Pod. Y'all already know what it is. Your boy, Yako, what it do. The outlet to reality. The oldest podcast in Vegas and Chicago. What up? This is the place where you want to hide from your drama or maybe hide from your baby mama. <laughs> Just kidding. But anyways, fans, thank you for staying tuned. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. Cha-ching! And today we have a very special guest. This is one of my closest friends. He's like a primo to me, a cousin. Give it up for Sam Flores. What's up, brother? Yo, what's up? How you doing, man? Good, good, man. You're the last brother I had to get on. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. I was I was hoping you'd ask me. I was like, yeah, I got to get on this show, you know? <laughs> got to talk to my boy. Yeah, man. You know, I, I didn't want nobody to get jealous. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I know it was coming. I know it was coming. That's strong. That's yeah. what I heard. That's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> Now, for those who don't know, uh, Sam, he has two younger brothers, Christian, uh, Jonathan, and then Sam. So they're all siblings. I've had them on my show. This is the first time I have the oldest brother, Sam. So it's a big honor, man. This is this guy. I got so many stories to share. So I, I do want to share a story. Um, so for those who don't know, we grew up like young kids. I was young. He was the oldest, of course, but like the leader. And I do remember one thing growing up is I was really bad for language arts class, which those who don't know, that's English class pretty much. And I always had to do a book report and I will go see Sam, go to his house after school. But like, Sam, look, I got this book report. They're asking me what's the climax. I don't know what's the climax. I know the main character, <laughs> but I didn't read the book. <laughs> <laughs> So my boy, my boy had two options. He's like, look, man, and the thing, this book, they made a movie out of it. So he's like, we could watch the movie so we could skip the book. And then I'll help you out, figure out the questions. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So he was, I'm telling you, one of the best tutor, best person that, that helped me with, like, you know, with my homework. Mm -hmm. And even when I got to college, I was about to graduate. And I told Sam, Sam, I got this Spanish class I'm taking. It's the hardest class ever. I said, bro, it's so hard. I can't even write a paper. That's how hard it is. And it, I have to write pretty much. And it was about Evo Morales, who was like the president of Bolivia. I had no idea. There's so many parties. I kind of forgot. And I did not understand the politics. And so Sam is crazy. Yeah. My essay was due yeah. in a week. And you and I, I will go to your house. We'll mm -hmm. read like 15, 20 pages. We'll take turns, right? And yeah. we were able to finish the essay in like four days. Yep. Yep. I remember that. Remember that? We were staying up late, but mm -hmm. was, it was a tough one, man. I, I, you see, it, I, it was. <laughs> yeah, I do remember you. Um, that was a, a tough Spanish class. It was. It was like really advanced Spanish, and I myself, you know, I, I uh, Spanish is my you know my native language, but even for me, I was like, wow, what what is even going on in this book? It was it was so because there was a lot of politics like you mentioned, and yeah, it was it was mind blowing. But we got it done. Yeah, dude, <laughs> we got it done. I got the highest score. The professor said he said I got the highest score. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. He said you must That's be awesome. smart. <laughs> <laughs> two minds we combined powers 
There you go, man. I like it. I like it. Do you have any memories you could remember growing up? Like way too many memories. Like I remember um, back in the day um, when I remember we moved into an apartment. And initially, I think it was going to be you, your mom, of course, you were going to move in with us in the same apartment. And I remember uh, we used to like that first week, I think we were moving in our stuff. And we were just like super excited, you know, we were all going to be together, we we're going to hang out and, you know, do things together. And it was really cool. I remember we used to do a bunch of stuff like and even like, uh, I remember back in the day before, you know, we, we would have sleepovers and we were all excited. I remember like we would stay up late, um, like just like playing video games or watching like movies. This was like back in like, like late like 1999 maybe 2000 I was, it was a while back with like the big C, crt monitors or the, the tvs the tube tvs yeah so a lot of uh we used to watch like disney movies like on the the cassette tapes with the vcr players i don't know if you remember those yeah dude. yeah <laughs> a lot of a lot of fun things you know back then yeah dude i do remember playing goldeneye oh yeah goldeneye was one of our favorite games yeah I, I think that's the best shooting game that has ever came out for consoles till this day. Yeah, it was really fun. It was really fun. I remember playing that um, with some buddies. Like, uh, this was like in, what was it, like 98, maybe 99? Yeah. When it came out, uh, some buddies from school, we would like go, like, right after school, like, we would go straight to his house because he was like, I think, the only one of us that had like an N64. Um, and he had like a couple games. He had Goldeneye. I think he also had Bomberman. I can't remember what else. I think Star Fox 64. And we would just go to his house because it was like the newest thing and everybody was so excited and we just got to play. We would play for hours. It was really fun. I'm telling you, man, good times, brother. Good times. Mm -hmm. and, and I do got to ask to know you a little bit more. Tell us a little bit mm -hmm. about like your background. If you were, you know, born and raised uh, in Chicago, mm -hmm. Uh, your hobbies and a little bit by yourself, like a uh, about sure. you know your you know working at Steel Series. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I was born in Mexico. So like I like I mentioned, Spanish is my native language. Um, we came to the U.S. Uh, when I was what like nine or ten, ten years old, I think. Um, yeah, we came with my family. Uh, my younger brothers, I think, were two and three years old at the time. So they they practically, like, were raised here in the U.S. I mean, I kind of was too, but, you know, I was a little, a little bit older. But my brothers were so much younger, and they basically, you know, they, they, they adapted really quickly. And they learned the language really fast. Um, it took me a little bit of, you know, a little while to really catch on and, uh, and get rid of you know the the fear of like oh I'm gonna am I gonna mess up am I gonna say something dumb or you know people are gonna laugh at me you know I might have a, a bit of an accent or it's gonna be really heavy and people are gonna laugh but yeah it was a um, it was uh, it was a challenge but you know I got through it so yeah we were we basically came straight to Chicago we had family here both from my mom's and my dad's side so it just kind of made sense. To come to Chicago, uh, and yeah, I mean, was born and raised here. Well, no, not born in Mexico, but raised here um, from ten years and on. 
Um, what else I can say? Uh, I can say that uh, what I currently do now is software engineering or software development at SteelSeries. And I think part of that is uh, heavily influenced by my dad, who also was like, and at his time, it was like really into electronics and computer engineering and telecommunications. So that was like, in his time, it was like, what, the maybe the early 90s. Um, so that's what he was studying. And I remember back then, um, he would bring like computer parts from, you know, from his job home, and he would bring them and he would like, lay them all out on the table and he would pick parts and try to build one you know from from different parts kind of like a, a franken pc build um and this is like this is in the 90s where you you throw in like a board from this computer some ram from here a processor and try to install an operating system you know you get your your crt monitor like those big tube monitors uh, with the green screen the, the green letters so that was that was kind of fun to see to see him do that, uh, and I, and it's just kind of it really caught my attention. Um, he would also I remember when I was a kid he would also bring like el little electronic kits uh, that you would buy for like kids, and it would like be like oh hook up this wire here and and you know put this battery over here and and you'll see the lights or something you know it's like little little electronic projects that, you know, kids can work on and they can get their hands on and kind of understand like the, the fundamentals of electronics and all of that kind of just, it just really interested me. And uh, I feel like, you know, as I grew up, I saw more of it, you know, when we moved here, he also kind of continued doing the same, bringing computer parts from, from work. And I would, I would also help him. And I was interested in like, okay, how does this work? You put in a disc, you can install an operating system, then you get to see it, it works, and then you can install games and you can play games and all that. So, I mean, the 90s were definitely like really interesting as far as, far as technology. It's like basically when things got started. And, um, and I think I really, I really love seeing all of that. And I think that's why I really got into computer science, uh, computer, uh, computer engineering and all of that. I'm really interested in electronics. So what I do now at SteelSeries is uh, software development. So I basically write code, and um, I really like the the atmosphere there. Uh, for if you're not, for those that are not familiar, SteelSeries is basically like a gaming peripherals company, kind of like similar to Razer and Logitech. So we create like keyboards and mice and headsets, like the one I'm wearing right now. It's a SteelSeries headset. And these are all geared for yeah, these are all geared for like gamers or streamers. Uh, and I mean, I feel like it's just for anyone really that likes to be into gaming. Uh, I actually have been able to get my brother, my younger brothers, uh, like, you know, random SteelSeries gear that I get from work. And so they're rocking those and like, you know, cool keyboards with lights and all of that. So, yeah, that's just a little bit about me. Um, no, that's pretty cool, brother. I I'm going to be honest. So I got to say it's one of the coolest things ever. Uh, I used to work at GameStop. And we sold a lot of steel series like you know headsets mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i remember you came to my job you went mm -hmm. to buy the snes the little mini and you saw it you're like damn look you, you represent <laughs> yeah. <this." laughs> yeah i remember that yeah yeah so it's really cool man i think it, it's awesome stuff uh especially for gamers you know people that love video games mm -hmm. and christian is very big into uh video games oh yeah you know, he 
He was talking about that the whole time. Like he he could spend hours, you know what I'm saying? And hours, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's it's really cool, man. I'm really, you know, in, impressed. And I love to hear that, you know, you one thing I gotta say, brother, um, to to share to the people. I admire that when you were going to college, right? For those who don't know, he got his mm-hmm. master's, but while he was going to college. Uh, at UIC, which is mm-hmm. one of the best schools in Chicago, he was working two or three mm-hmm. jobs and paying the tuition all himself. Like he, yeah, you were really grinding, and it was motivating because you didn't use, you didn't have scholarships, yeah. right? Right, right. No scholarships, and and that's uh, you know. Um, we just, I just kind of had to do it because I really wanted to, you know, provide for the family. Uh, you know, my mom, you know, after some time, she, you know, my dad and my mom kind of split and my mom became, you know, single mom. So me kind of had to take, you know, lead and I'm like, well, I got to do something to provide for the family. Um, so that was always my motivation, you know, Plus also getting, you know, my career get, I got, I had to get my career going. I, I didn't want to just stop there. I want to, you know, further my education, but yeah, that was a motivation. And I mean, the scholarships, well, that's because, you know, well, we, when we came here into the, into the U S you know, we came in undocumented. And so we didn't have the, you know, the opportunities that other kids have. Um, so, you know, basically had to grind and, you know, get that money and pay for, for school. Based, and literally, like every single paycheck was towards tuition. Like I, I remember um, there were times where like I really didn't have any money to like not even buy lunch. So I would like, yeah, just you know, classic, you know, get some ramen, put it in the microwave, and you know, see what you get the next day. But yeah, it was see, it was rough, but we got through. We sometimes I feel like. Um, people that are born in the US, we are not grateful of what we have sometimes, I feel. Sometimes I feel like people outside, right, they're coming to the US, they have more of a drive to want to be someone, to be successful. I'm going to share a good story. Uh, One of my cousins, true story, she had a full-ride scholarship uh, to one of the best universities and went for a year she dropped out to this day she's still owing money for the college so it shows you like look at that like you know sometimes that's why i always say you know latinos that are undocumented coming to the u.s i think Mm -hmm. is beautiful because you bring something new to the table whether it's Mm -hmm. work whether it's education whether it's ideas um, I do have to share this, brother. One of my favorite books of all time uh, by John Steinbeck, who wrote My Cement, but he wrote another book called uh, Tortillas Flat. And in that book, he talks about Mexicans coming to the U.S. and how he considered them as heroes to the U.S. One of the first white men to ever say that, in my opinion, maybe there's someone else before him, but for mm-hmm. me to hear that, and my favorite author, I was like, yo, yeah. you got my vote. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I like mm-hmm. that. And I try to tell people, because yep. I'm going to be real, man. I've had a lot of debates where a lot of people are so against having um, 
undocumented people coming to the U.S. that is very hard to get citizenship. And I try to tell people a lot of times, you know, it could be financially, it could be physically, you're leaving mm-hmm. like kind of like a refugee, you're leaving for a better place to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard a story once mm-hmm. where a family, their their house got burned down, right? And it was just the, the people in that town, the, whoever were the, you know, um, you could say the rebels, they didn't make their their family feel safe. So they escaped mm-hmm. and they moved to the U.S. You know, that's one story. Um, my mom, she came through a plane at first and her visa got expired and she became undocumented. Different angles. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, brother, hands down fam, I'm so proud of you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 I think that, um, you know, the, uh, us Latinos and not just Latinos, but just immigrants in general, I feel like we're very hardworking people. And to those that are coming that are undocumented, it's especially hard because, you know, their options are much more limited. And so they they really have to hustle and try to find ways to provide for their families because it's not just sometimes it's not just like one person. It's, you know, they'll bring like you said, they might be, you know, um, leaving their country because they're seeking refuge here uh, because, you know, they're either getting prosecuted or, you know, whichever um, things they're leaving their country for, you know, they're all, of course, they're looking for a better life. But it's not just them. They're also they're they're also bringing you know uh, some family with them, and so they really have to help because they have to provide for their families, and so it's it's a lot harder for them. I know that for me when I was in college it was it was tough because I knew I had to pay for college, and um, it was hard getting just a job anywhere really. So, um, but then once. Uh, DACA was introduced like back in 2012 you know that was for us that was the sign of relief because you know we can we actually now can work and and I'm I'm really grateful because now I'm working at SteelSeries actually working in my field you know in computer science and I'm, I'm furthering my career and not only that I'm also providing for my family and you know it's 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 great. I'm I'm really thankful for that. So I feel like yeah, Latinos and you know immigrants and the undocumented definitely do hustle, and I think they do deserve a chance. You know to to feel you know proud of the the, the contributions that they're making for this country, and you know they I think we do deserve like a path towards citizenship because you know, we've, we've worked so hard in this country and I feel like a lot of them feel like this is their home now. I even heard a study where a lot of military people that are on, uh, immigrants that moved to the U S don't have papers, did their time. They served the curve ball for the U S still got deported. Wow. And that's messed mm-hmm. up because mm-hmm. they're fighting for us, right. In a mm-hmm. way, and they're getting deported doing their time you should give them a way like yeah. a, a thank you you know mm-hmm. right yeah so it, it's sad man it's sad it's a it's a very uh touchy touch like i'm not gonna lie it's very uh, yeah. tricky um mm-hmm. but it's interesting because any other country 
like Cuba, for example, if you leave Cuba and you you to Florida, you would get citizenship like this because you left communism. That's the way they saw it. So it, it's very hard. What people don't understand is being from Mexico, any other Central America is so tough to get citizenship. My mom barely just got her citizenship. I know people that waited more than 30 years and they even tried marrying an American man still didn't get citizenship. So it's a very, it's very hard. I try to tell mm -hmm. people so hard. Now I do want to share one thing speaking about, you know, um, you know, life and, and, and my, my Jewish people, me and Sam back in Chicago, mm -hmm. you know, I introduced Sam to uh, a nice Orthodox. Look, brother, you're with me. So you okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're going to have a good time. And no lie, I felt like Sam, you and your mom, you guys blend in so fast. Um, I, I can say this, uh, in Maestro, uh, one of our, our teachers in Torah, he mm -hmm. actually um has classes every Monday nights. And me, Sam, my mom, and um Sam's mom will go and you know, all of us mm -hmm. will go learn. And study the Parsha, uh, the Torah, really get into philosophical ideas. And we loved it so much. We would stay, literally, it was supposed to be an hour. We'll leave like in three hours. Mm -hmm. yep. and, and, brother, what was your impression like going to the shul for the first time and, and going to the Monday nights class? Yeah, the first time I remember was, um, yeah, I was uh, I was nervous. I was nervous. I didn't know what to expect. Uh, um, I knew it was going to be different. Um, and yeah, I was uh, I was glad that you were there because you know you you kind of you know showed me you know around, introduced me to people, um, and that that made it a little bit easier to at least try to you know uh, kind of get in the rhythm and understand you know what the how how it goes right and and their service because it's completely different from what we knew um in you know in christianity but yeah it was completely different uh i really liked the the classes uh especially like because we had on for on shabbats like after you know we had the service the maestro would have his little class in the afternoon um and he would stay for a couple hours even after and we would continue studying the parsha and just kind of go deep into, you know, and kind of look deeper at what the Parsha is saying and and touch on different, you know, different teachings from, you know, maybe he would throw a little bit of Talmud here or uh, what the Mishnah says about that. You know, it's a lot of different topics. And some of those are very um, interesting because the it brings up things that you see in your everyday kind of life and you can apply to your you know to your everyday life um but yeah and the monday night classes were were really good because we we got to be almost like a, a almost like a one-on-one -on -one with the maestro and we can ask him all sorts of questions uh relating to the parsha and we would go sometimes we would go on tangents but those tangents were also very eye-opening and they would kind of give you more insight into you know what what the parsha and what the torah is saying um and yeah i i really enjoyed all that that's amazing brother i i gotta say too like 
I feel like for anyone to learn, learn, have to debate and you have to ask questions. Those are the only two ways you could really learn. Mm -hmm. You don't understand why it is like that unless you ask the question, you know? And, and for those who don't know, Parsha means a section of the Torah for every Jew in the world. Um, many Jews don't do it because they're not religious, but do take the Torah to the heart. Um, they read a certain section of the of the Torah and we read it. It's a homework for the whole world, pretty much. And it's beautiful because I could be in Chicago. I could be in Vegas and we're learning the same passage thing i like about um judaism is that when we read the parsha the section of the torah uh of the week when shabbat comes which is the sabbath for us on friday night and saturday um the rabbi speaks uh gives a share gives us a, a, a speech about what we read that week uh whereas when you go to a christian church or a Catholic mass, um, the leader, the priest, or the pastor has already uh, put together a sermon for the public, but the public has has not even read what the pastor just read. Like, it's just random verses that they're sharing, but none of the congregation read what he was talking about. So no one's in the same page as just hearing big lecture. And I, I, that's why I like about Judaism um, is, is that we're very organized and structured. And I like that because it helps yes. me to feel like I'm in school still. You know what I'm saying, brother? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. It feels you. It makes you feel like we're in union, right? Uh, like we're one because, you know, like you said, you could be in Chicago, you could be in, in Vegas, you know, or somewhere else in the U.S. or maybe even uh, across seas. And we're all looking at the same passage or portion of the Torah for that week. Yeah. yeah. And I got to say, brother, I know the time's running out quick, but I, mm -hmm. I do got to say one thing I like, brother, um, I got to be real, is coming over for Shabbat to your house and your mom making the best food. I'm not going to lie. She'll make like a lot of food. I, I didn't know where to start. Yeah. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep, I do remember that. We, well, we had uh, we used to have the the Monday night classes at at my place. I don't know if you you remember that, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, for a little while, <coughs> excuse me, <laughs> we had them at my place uh, Monday night classes, and yeah, we my mom would just kind of you know throw stuff together and get something for people, and man, that was it was really good food. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I gotta say, you guys have one of the best hospitalities. I love uh, feeling like a family and um, it's just beautiful, brother, to see that, you know, if I go to your house, if I don't have a place to stay for Shabbat, mm -hmm. that your mom will open her arms and be like, hey, look, you could come, you know, mm -hmm. bring mom and, and, you know, we'll have a good time. And, and I love that. I think that's a beautiful thing, brother. I'm really happy. Mm -hmm. um, brother, I'm going to wrap it up because I see the time is mm -hmm. about to kick me out real quick. But guys, this is the Outlet to Reality, the oldest podcast in Vegas and Chicago every Tuesday. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. Cha-ching! You know where to find me. I'm on Spotify.
YouTube, Instagram, to reality. My Snapchat is take one pass it. And my TikTok is at Yakov28. And brother Sam, where can my fans find you? They can find me on Snapchat as well. Um, I forget my handle, to be honest. Uh, yeah, you could pass it along, right? You can find me. I also have an Instagram, but I'll pass you the info because I forget it off the top of my head. You're good, brother. <laughs> You're good, man. Thank you. Thank you, brother.